Kate handed me a note. I feel like Kate needs to be the producer of this show. She literally said, Dude, I'm saying like, just give her a mic. She said, talk about the Zodiac killers. Cypher finally was cracked after 51 years. I'm fascinated. That's a hell of a headline, Kate. I mean, what? P please educate us. <laughs> Travis Walton was a topic that was recently brought up on the Joe Rogan podcast. Did you hear about this? No, I did not. You know who Travis Walton is, right? Oh, he was on the show. We basically were talking about him for like half a show a couple shows ago. And I talked about how I was trying to get him on the show. And I realized I can't ask this man to be on the show. He just told me he regrets that this thing ever happened to him, that he got abducted by aliens. Well, anyways, Joe Rogan had an alien podcast the other day, uh, about a week ago. And they talked about Travis Walton for a very long time. And I noticed the clip on our channel started getting a little bit more views because of it. And there, apparently he he leaked it in the last podcast. He's going to have Travis Walton on his podcast. He acted like they're already talking. And I was mm. like, damn, of course Joe Rogan get, could get him and I couldn't get him. Um, but I don't know. I feel like it'll be good, you know? Yeah, I definitely think, I'm sure he, uh, Joe Rogan is going to be paying out his, like, you know, his stay and Great stuff. Great men think alike, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just know I had the idea first. <laughs> <laughs> you Joe. put it out in the universe. Yeah. Yeah, man. But we do have a couple of exciting people coming on the podcast who are UFO people. Literally, uh, this girl who's, like, an expert on the Phoenix Lights, one of the doctors who's, like, in every documentary about the Phoenix Lights, lives local. She's down to come on the podcast, but she wants to come closer to the actual 24th anniversary of the Phoenix Lights, which will be dope. So I'm looking forward to that. But Bro, that's not for how a few crazy months. would it be if we did it in the area, like with a background set up and then just like, I mean, all we have to do is open the window. It was right overhead. Really? Oh, so it was like downtown Phoenix. I thought it was like by Camelback, the well, mountain. Um, they say it was as wide as Camelback Mountain, but oh. the thing pretty much went over half the state of Arizona. And so, uh, I guess if you, depending on the video you watch or like what you've heard about the Phoenix lights, half the people say that the Phoenix lights were caused by, uh, like these just individual ships that were lights lit, lit up and flying in a V formation. And then the other half say it was one ginormous ship that had V shaped lights on it. And from the people I've talked to who apparently witnessed it, most of them are saying that they could see that it was one massive ship that if you were kind of standing directly under it, it would block out the stars above it. But all you could see were the lights. So it was like a translucent one shape, one big ass ship. And um, anyways, uh, that was pretty exciting because it literally flew over like half the state of Arizona and it was it lasted like several hours, you know? Yeah. Dude, that's crazy. Like, are you excited for, for that interview? I'm excited, but for me, I don't know why. I think it's because it's one of the cases where it's fascinating because it's like thousands of people saw it. And apparently it flew right over this area. So right over Scottsdale and Phoenix. Um, so we would have been looking right up at it like, what the fuck? You know, uh, it excites me because so many people saw it. It doesn't excite me because... Unlike Roswell, there's not a lot of tangible evidence to kind of 
hypothesize on. All we know is that the government basically said it was flares, like shot it. But we all we've all seen Titanic. We've seen them shoot flares and shit. It just goes, right? Yeah. Flares don't float in a V formation for four or five hours or however long it was. Especially like together in that, like you said, in that V formation. Yeah. And so I'm excited, but also it's like how much can you really talk about the case other than just speculate and talk about the government cover up? But because like there, it wasn't like there was a crash ship that we could observe after the fact. It wasn't like there were any government people that have come out and leaked like significant information about the phoenix lights it's kind of just one of those things that happened and never really got talked about a lot after that you know what i'm saying i i get what you mean yeah and speaking of yesterday it was interesting you know how the air base is like right next to camelback mountain i went hiking out uh by the baseline road and it was it was crazy just to see them it looked like planes they were just coming like together in like a u like i just saw a bunch of lights it wasn't it wasn't like ufos but it was it was crazy to see they were just like all landing at one in the or like one by one oh, in a really? line. So I was wondering, I was wondering like what was going on. No and, way. Yeah, because like they would they would come in, and at first it was like a bunch of lights, uh, obviously the planes, and then like one by one I saw. Oh, I was like, oh, then once I realized it was a plane, they would just come down. These were military aircraft. I don't know if it was military, but it looked like it was right next to Camelback. It looked like they were coming into the Camelback Mountain mm. from my perspective. So I'm assuming since the Air Force is literally right there. And they weren't like Southwest flights or anything like that. Nah. And then one of them had a really bright light on. Hmm. So I was just curious as to what was going on. Yeah. I mean, the Phoenix sky, like ever since I realized that the Phoenix lights were literally right here, every time I'm in the car with Kate and it's at night, um, if we're driving somewhere, hopefully she's driving because I'm staring at the sky. <laughs> but even when I'm driving at night, I'm just looking up at the sky. And Phoenix is interesting because it it is literally a valley and literally we're right next to the airport and every time i look up i see five six planes just coming into the airport um and so there's just a lot to look at in the sky and it's kind of hard to keep all the different things that you see straight but i don't know i would really love to see personally a phoenix lights happen again how crazy would that be on the 24th anniversary dude <laughs> well we're actually we have already planned it me and this this doctor we're going to release that podcast on the 24th anniversary you guys are gonna be filming the podcast and all you're gonna feel is like a tremble and just and you're just gonna go outside and see the lights yeah i don't know man oh well another person who saw the lights were um the guy who i met when i met uh travis walton who's gonna come on the podcast the antarctica expert he also has um seen he said he saw the phoenix lights and then he saw the same ship again while he was driving on a highway and it was during the day and it was a big translucent ship. That's crazy. So apparently this thing is like regularly visiting the Phoenix, Arizona area. So now it's got me wondering, it's probably, I feel like it's probably going to be like a military ship or a, a military spacecraft. I, I mean, we've already talked about this, this fucking ship, uh, like way back when, but that fucking thing that drew plasma out of the sun and it was the size of the earth. Oh, that thing blows my mind. <laughs> um, apparently there's also like a, I, I was watching this thing, um, about Mars the other night and it was really blowing my mind because they were showing these pyramids that are like ginormous on Mars. Have you heard about this? Mm -mm. <clears throat> so the pyramids, is <clears throat> you'd have to look it up. 
But the pyramids is one thing that is kind of kind of amazing that it's like a perfect uh, three-sided pyramid that's like miles wide um, on Mars. And I mean, just think about the chances of that perfect three-sided pyramid naturally occurring. But the other mind-blowing thing is that there are big like I, I, miles, it's like dozens of miles wide, just like mountain formations that from a bird's eye view is perfect with like detailed feathers, pictures of birds, like parrots and birds. And so when you look at it, they did a side by side in this documentary that I was looking at. If I find the pictures, I can, I'll, I'll throw the pictures over the podcast so we can see the screenshot. But like on one split screen, you see just like valleys and formations, but mm -hmm. then on the other split screen, they actually have it kind of colored in to where you can actually see, holy shit, that's an in detail bird, like a fucking parrot on the surface of Mars. And there's like 12 of them. There's like a bunch of them on Mars. That's crazy. So it's like the in in ancient Egypt where like, you know, they have like the Pharaoh's head or something like that. I wonder if it's connected. Yeah. I mean, well, first off, I'm just mind blown by the fact that it was birds. But it is similar to where it is like one of those ancient formations that we don't really quite know how that would occur. And just when you see the pictures on Mars that are high definition pictures, th this is not naturally occurring. These are detailed pictures of birds formed in the rock that you can only see from a bird's eye view. There's another example that is kind of ancient in, in uh, Earth's past that if you look it up, it's called the Nazca Lines, the Nazca Lines. And these are ginormous lines in like grass that if you were there standing, you you would just be like, oh, there's just like this grass pressed down. There's like, there's just line right here, right? Mm -hmm. You can't tell until you're actually at a bird's eye view that it's like a giant fucking human that's like doing this or something like that. Or it's like pictures of animals and these formations are just miles long. And when, when was this? Like how long ago was it? Well, you can look at it today. It's called the Nazca lines. Um, oh, they're still there. Yeah. They're in South America. Oh shit. And there's a shitload of the things like that in, in South America, particularly. Um, I point to you like South America, <laughs> like you would know you're, you're technically central America. I'm from America, the United States. The United States of America. America. Where all lives matter. Yeah. And black lives matter. Dude, imagine if they had a, they uh they made that picture using that old technique with the cardboard and just pressing it down like in the cornfields. How long would that take? I mean, first I think that would take a long time. Uh I personally would not want to do that personally. <laughs> just take the time to fucking map it out. It'd be cool the end result, but also think about what motivation would someone from thousands of years ago have to put something like that in the fucking grass to where it'll even last as long as it has all these thousands of years, right? That's true. Well, at, back then when there are no flying machines, hypothetically, why would they have the motivation to put a formation into the ground for, for- You can only see from the top. Exactly. So there's a lot of questions here. Um, and honestly- I don't know. I, I've been going down a lot of the the rabbit hole of like even the Templars because I was thinking like, why are the Templars so significant? Like Scott Walter, why is he bringing up the Templars? Why is he so fascinated with the Templars and, and like all the, the, the fact that the Templars were here? Yeah, maybe it'll rewrite how America was founded, but what's the deeper significance? Why are the Templars so secretive? What are they trying to hide? And I wonder if it is connected to the whole UFO conspiracy. You know, what if what if they're saying the whole royal bloodline of Jesus and the Holy Grail is actually 
descendant of you know the ancient aliens theory um you uh alien human hybrids that advance the evolution of humans you know what i'm saying yeah have you heard that theory Mm -mm. yeah okay so you didn't know what i was saying (laughs) (laughs) i was just kind of like okay yeah this man sounds like he knows what he's saying so well what i'm saying is i feel like what scott walter does with the whole work on the templars they're constantly looking for the blood they they think that the, the Templars brought the bloodline of Jesus over to America. Like that's what he was implying, right? I'm connecting it to the ancient aliens theory of how uh, they think that uh, aliens essentially advanced human evolution because there's a big jump between primate and human, you know? And so if you look at the evolutionary history, there's a big gap that nobody can really explain and everybody kind of ignores. And then when you talk about the fact that there's all these ancient structures, that's the ancient aliens theory, right? So I was mm. connecting the dot that if you go back to like the, the royal bloodline, the ancient bloodline, the bloodline of Jesus, these technically, I guess, would go back to what ancient alien theorists are saying. Oh, those were the when the aliens basically made hybrids with the humans and put some of their dna into our dna advance the humans and so i'm thinking maybe scott walter knows about aliens is scott walter a templar himself uh well he said that he i don't it's not the templars what's the he's a Mason, freemason freemason yeah he's a freemason but i yeah. aren't they kind of related uh i i don't know um yeah. but I, I just know freemasons they got the little uh circumference right the that circumference tool whatever. oh yeah the compass the compass and then they got an what is it an apple um no i think it's just a compass yeah so you've been going deep on the freemasons a little bit huh nah i just i just had a friend back in high school that said his his uncle was in the freemasons really yeah he's uh i i always thought that they were more of the devil like cult type type of people because that's that's what he made it seem like like mm. his devil was part of the freemasons and they would get together and you know do these uh this cult worshiping type stuff. So I, w- I was always kind of scared of them. Apparently they do have like some pretty weird rituals like that. Like, yeah. Like the rituals. Uh, he never told me exactly in detail, like what type of rituals his, his uncle would partake in. Mm. But he just said that his uncle would like often have like night terrors. And like, there was things like, uh, you know, he described as like demons just following his uncle and his family. Really? Yeah. So this was something that he was experiencing that was paranormal. Yeah, that's, from what my friend was telling me, that's what it seemed like. It was more paranormal. Damn. Well, you know, when you, th- <laughs> when you think about, um, I, I kind of heard that like, they do have like the rituals where they emulate like death and things like this, where they reenact murders, uh, of like famous Freemasons and stuff. And I, this one thing I was watching was basically saying it, it basically instills the, the ideology, like, Hey, we have secrets, and if you reveal the secrets, this is what will happen to you. And so it like basically scares you out of doing that. But a lot of these rituals are kind of ancient, but they're like what I hear kind of fucked up like that too. You know? Mm. So I I wouldn't be surprised. And speaking of fucking paranormal shit, like, dude, there's a big advancement on the whole hat man, shadow man that we talked about, like in the first episode or two. What is it? Well, you and I already know what it is, but uh Clark. His girlfriend, uh, Clark's been on the podcast a couple times. His girlfriend, Danny, was telling me uh, when me, Clark, and Danny and my girlfriend were hanging out and we were floating down 
the river uh, on these tubes. That's it's a thing you do in Arizona. Uh, she was literally saying that I asked her if she believed in ghosts or whatever, and she said, yes, I've seen a ghost. And I said, okay, tell me more. And she described this ghost shadow figure that was in her house growing up and it was just her and her mom in her home and basically the thing she would see the thing like out of the corner of her eye out of her eye like cross the hallway like if she's like turning this way it would go from this side a room on this side to the other room on the other side right and uh and i've heard other people talk about like similar shadow figures doing that but it reminded me of like at the lake house when i would see the hat man the shadow figure man he would do that on, he would cross the window on like the second story where nobody can be walking by the window outside, you know, and I would see the same shit. And so she said the distinctive feature was this figure had a hat, a top hat. And I didn't really, it didn't phase me when she said that. Um, and she even said like her mom had a more intimate relationship, like it would rape her and like try to assault her physically like that. I don't know. I'd be curious to hear more about that. Mm-hmm. But when we talked about the hat, man, it was because I saw a documentary that had a picture of it and the outline of this thing with the, the top hat and like the long trench coat and the long shadow figure. It was verbatim exactly to the same detail, the exact thing that I saw and experienced seeing for years when I was all through high school, basically. And I sent the picture to Danny on Instagram the other day. I said, Danny, is this the same hat man or ghost that you saw just randomly putting it out there and she said oh my god literally same exact thing to the exact detail the fuck that's what blew my fucking mind i got goosebumps when i read that shit you know so speaking of paranormal entities following people in their sleep bro dude i don't know man what if it's just like another i mean we've already been down kind of this rabbit hole but i'm starting to think that you know, it's not so crazy to think that the aliens are just really interdimensional and maybe the hat men are just part of that. I'm race. still trying to process that shit. Um, okay, take Let's take We can cut this. So just go pee real quick. Okay. Step so over sorry. the figure. Kate has to go pee. <laughs> Kate was manning the camera. She left it on me, so I, I guess we'll we'll just keep it rolling. <laughs> but she's the camera switcher today, and she was she she was like wrote a note. I saw her moving around. I was like, what is she doing over there? And then she just holds a fucking sign up that says, "I have to pee." I said, "Go pee, Kate." Jesus <laughs> yeah, I thought she was gonna add to the story or something. Oh yeah, I didn't I didn't know. But uh, what were we talking about with uh, the it, oh the interdimensional interdimensional I. I've been trying to wrap my head around that recently. Like people say it's interdimensional. And I've also heard like that Hollywood, some of it, like Steven Spielberg, he gets leaked information from the government hypothetically because he created that movie um, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And it Mm. had like a lot of accurate historical things. In fact, that's the guy who was on Joe Rogan's podcast uh, the other week where he learned about Travis Walton was the, the scientist that from that movie, they were basically modeled that character after this guy that Joe oh. Rogan had. And, um, well, anyways, uh, Steven Spielberg, there was one line at the end of the last Indiana Jones that had Shia LaBeouf, who apparently has also been in the news recently. But uh, Shia La- yeah, come on through, Kate. Um, uh, at the end of that movie, there was a big-ass flying saucer with these tall gray aliens. I don't know if you remember that. Um, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the last Indiana Jones that came out like 10 years ago. Catch up already, right? Uh, but at the end, they asked, are these from out, outer space? 
And it was just a very sneaky line. But if you think about the hypothetical conspiracy that they're slipping facts into entertainment for people to become uh, open to the idea of aliens before they Planting release the it. Seed. Planting seeds. Indiana Jones goes, no, they're interdimensional or whatever. Like, why would he fucking randomly say that shit? You know what I'm saying? So I've been trying to wrap my head around this interdimensional stuff. And I'll be honest, man, I don't think I could have possibly done it had I not taking mushrooms recently and i i feel like one because i had such a profound experience on mushrooms i feel like i keep talking about it with everybody now but like <laughs> kate goes yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but honestly man like when i saw the fucking faces i was like i realize i'm tapping into something that i don't normally see that i think is there always and i'm curious to hear your thoughts on this too because like interdimensional i mean that's crazy to think about that they might yeah I, I don't know for me it just starts to it's starting to make more logical sense as far as like i don't necessarily have the facts behind me but in my mind it's more easier to process that these are interdimensional beings therefore that's why we don't see them out and about whenever we fly or whatever but they are able to communicate with us because they're able to go through from their world to our world and maybe where where our earth is in our dimension their home is but in another dimension yeah so they just flip like a switch on and off switch i just i don't know it's hard for me to imagine other dimensions you know what i'm saying um, oh yeah one thing that i saw i saw someone like talking about the science of like psychedelics and like mushrooms and stuff and, and one of the things that they said that kind of like blew my mind a little bit is like it's always hard for people to describe their experience and what they were going through because the neural signals and like the electrical impulses in your brain, they're following a pattern that doesn't naturally happen without the, the psychedelic chemical. And because of that, it's literally physically impossible for you to remember and describe what it feels like because you can't recreate that same brain flow to access that that memory again. You know what I'm saying? And that I remember you when you were on, uh, you were telling me that that you were having trouble, like when, when once you were sober, you were having trouble describing like what you were experiencing on the trip. Yeah, <laughs> I so think that makes sense. I think that's why Kate was saying like she was like, yeah, he fucking describes that because I'm trying to describe it accurately, and I feel like the last in the last week I probably told two or three people that I've hung out with about the experience. Um, and each time I described it differently and I'm, I'm so frustrated because I'm trying to put into words why it was such a profound experience for me and I just can't do it. But have you been able to try? Like, have you been able to do it? Because Not, you've done, you have, you've yeah. had more experience and the last time I did it, I was with you. Yeah. And I, I would say nah, like I'm not able to put it into words. I don't know. That's why I always say like, it's, it's easier to feel it. And I understand it when I'm going through it and then I take it away as a lesson. But then when I try to explain it verbally, that's where I have trouble. Yeah. Saying like, what exactly, you know, like one, one way that I tried to put it into words while I was going through it was I feel like I'm thinking in fractals. Would you say that's an accurate statement? Fractals as in like, like, or, or what do you mean? Do you know what a fractal is? It's the pattern, right? The, the it's like patterns pattern. that repeat. So like the further in you go, you'll just find that it's a it, constantly repeat. Kind of like in uh, what's that one movie with the magic man? He's a Marvel superhero. Oh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess. I don't know. You'd have was, to see a picture of a fractal to understand what it is. But it's like, 
I, I don't know how to there describe was, it. Because the, there was a scene and he kind of went through this dimension. And it, I, if it's what I'm, th- if it's the fractal is what I'm thinking, then it, like he was going through it and it was just like a fract, a bunch of fractals just like behind him. It's like, it's like, it's a repeating shape that no matter how far you zoom in, the shape just keeps repeating. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like, I don't know, literally the DMT faces I was showing you that, that I've saw. Like, it's a fractal of faces. There's just layers and layers. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I I feel like when you're on mushrooms, you th- I'm thinking in fractals. Like, every thought just kind of gets, like, repeated until you get to the very, very core of that fucking thought. You know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. That uh, That's very common, and that's why people, when people have bad trips, like, it's intense when it's on mushrooms. Because it's just that same repeated negative experience happening over and over and over and over again. Yeah. So it's like it fucks people up. Yeah. But it could also be good. You know what's funny is I was watching like a lecture by I think it was like Dennis McKenna or Terrence McKenna. One of these like renowned um, psilocybin and psychedelic like experts or whatever. Uh, And they they showed statistics that showed like men are like. 98% statistically less likely to exert violence behavior in a relationship after one psilocybin experience, which is like crazy. And there's like a bunch of little stats like that. And I feel like Kate was over listening to that lecture while I was listening to it out loud. And she was like, she's always been a hardcore against just like any drugs. And she doesn't like that. I smoke weed from time to time all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And she, I could tell when she heard that, she goes, Oh, okay. And she all of a sudden became instantly okay with it. Just off that one. Yeah. She's like, Oh, less violence. I like that. Not to say that I'm violent, Kate. I'm not violent, Kate. (laughs) I, you know, what's funny is every time I've meet, I've said this before, every time I meet someone else who's an Aries, I feel like me and them have very similar personalities. It's really weird. Yeah, maybe it's just the moon. What's what sign are you? I'm a Cancer. Of course, the girl in the room fucking laughs when you say that because she knows everything about you now. What is that? So, have you ever met other people who are can- cancers? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I have an aunt. She's like, uh, she was born. She's a Cancer. She was born on the same day. Are you guys similar in in personality? Uh, I no, not that I see. No. Mm. I'll be honest, I'm pretty skeptical about the whole astrology and like what this says about you. But I'll be honest, Kate was reading uh, a fucking astrology article talking about if you're dating, if these two signs are dating and it's just had a bunch of them matched up, here's kind of what your relationship is like. And I'll be honest, maybe maybe all relationships have different aspects of this, but I felt like it was pretty accurately describing how me and Kate relate to each other. Interesting. So th- there was something that you were able to like kind of connect with. Yeah. But I also thought the girl who was reading my toes who was a succubus and I thought everything she said about my toes was very accurate. <laughs> so maybe I'm just maybe I just power of seduction. I don't know, man, but I feel like I'm pretty I'm pretty skeptical to the whole cold reading astrology but it is interesting that every person that i know is that's an aries is a similar personality you know what i'm saying yeah i I don't know much about that so i wouldn't be able to say but i do know there's a psychic that reads your hands and palms down the street Mm. she has her own little business i also do know that pretty much i would say i'm making this statistic up but if i had to guess 
I would say 80% of women are all into astrology. 100% of the time it works every time. I I mean, I, I can't argue with that. Is your girlfriend into astrology? I think I think not as heavily, but she believes in it. Two for two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's crazy, man. Did you hear? Uh, so December 8th, USA Today took out an article saying how there were... Uh, there was a possibility that aside with uh, the vaccine that there currently is, there are nano nano machines with the vaccine that could help cure COVID. So that means that it's like, you know, that idea of people being scared that they're going to put implanted chip with. Mm -hmm. This is just like that one step closer to that becoming a reality because they are messing around with that technology. I, I mean, I just read the headline. Nanobots. Yeah, little nanobots. I mean, nanobots have been an idea that's been around for a while. So they think they're so they're what, it's I don't think they're they're thinking. I think they're actually like messing with it. So what you're saying is they're putting nanobots in the COVID vaccine to help. Yeah. Is it this Pfizer one that everybody's talking about? No. If if it's but again, I I read uh I only read the headline. Mm. It was a quick. I watched this show on Amazon not too long ago. Fuck, it's gonna kill me. What? Why I can't remember the name of it? But it's about like what? Upload. Not upload. It wasn't upload. It was the one. It was about these like these comic book nerds who went to like a comic con and um, basically figured out that there's this whole one world conspiracy and it's gonna like ruin the world or whatever. And the whole the fuck this show's good. The fact that I can't remember the name of the show, it's an Amazon Prime original, but basically they find that there's uh, uh, a conspiracy to release a virus to the world. And I, they had to have start create, started creating this thing before COVID because I watched it at the beginning of COVID. And mm. um, that literally uh, the world, they're going to infect the world with a virus and then they're going to come out with a vaccine that's not going to work, but everybody's going to buy the vaccine. It's just like a big money scheme, right? And like what that show went through throughout the season is exactly what I'm seeing go us go through right now with this virus. They rush out a vaccine and the vaccine actually kills more people than it than it. Bro, like uh, what they say, it's like it's not really. No, even if you take the shot, it's not really meant to prevent COVID. It's so that if you do get COVID, you get less symptoms. Truth seekers. That might be it. We we have our very own Jamie over here. Dude, <laughs> it's the Kate. power. She's the best Googler. I am the worst Googler. Like Googleer. Oh, Who's the best Googleer? Is it it's not Truth Seekers? No, that's the one that was on the Amazon. One of the, the, the one. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Well, while she's <laughs> pulling that up, what what was what were we talking? What were you? What was being said? uh nanotechnology i was oh just how, about how like the way they describe this this vaccine about how like it's not necessarily meant to prevent to prevent covid it's only there so that when you do get covid it's not as brutal of symptoms so that's that's where it's just like i don't know and the fact that the own the the head of pfizer he didn't want to take the his own vaccine yeah that's like fucking the the owner of Lunchables not letting their own kids eat Lunchables. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that's an actual thing. It, does he not let him eat it? That's what I heard. Uh, I forget where I heard that. <laughs> but yeah, apparently the owner of Lunchables doesn't let their kids eat Lunchables. 
Yes. It's like, what are you trying to, what are you trying to hide? Ironically, ever since I saw that, that moment on Joe Rogan's podcast where he was talking to Paul Stamets, the mushroom expert, where the mushroom expert basically said that portobello mushrooms are bad and he can't say any more than that because he fears for his life makes me skeptical about portobello mushrooms. Wait, really? <laughs> you, did I not tell you about this? No. So there's a guy named Paul Stamets who is a mushroom expert. He's like the government's must go to mushroom guy and he can grow psychedelic mushrooms, but he can't give them out and he can't tell people to take them because that's outside of his jurisdiction because it's like literally his government job or whatever. Well, anyways, super nerd on mushrooms. He even wears this fucking hat that's made out of mushrooms. <laughs> anyways, like two hours into this three-hour podcast that Joe Rogan's doing with this guy, I'm just kind of let, let, leisurely listening to it in the background. All of a sudden, the conversation comes to a full stop, and it gets my attention. And it's because they were talking about portobello mushrooms. Joe Rogan brings it up, and he just, the guy goes, oh, yeah, no, you shouldn't eat, nobody should eat portobello mushrooms. The fuck? Joe, wait, portobellos, what are you talking about? He goes, actually, I want to change the topic of the conversation. She goes, why? We're just talking about portobello mushrooms. He goes, I fear that if I say any more, um, I fear for my life. So I'm just going to choose to ch change the topic of conversation. And Joe goes, wait, portobellos? For real? Like, what's going He goes, I just want to change the topic. And then they change the topic. And literally the other day, me and Kate went to a, a pizza place and they had a, a, a new portobello. pizza that was all about portobello mushrooms. And I was like, I'm going to stay far away from those fucking portobellos. Bro, I feel like that's that's like the the fast food. Maybe that's the fast food of mushrooms. What do you mean? Just, uh, as far as like you know, the portobello, and maybe it could. I don't know. In in my head, when you said that about the pizza place, how many restaurants could you know like could get that easily? How much does it cost? And I mean, it's it relatively was like cheap. You, I mean, you. It's like mod pizza, so you pay for the. I mean, I wasn't worried about the business, but I, I'm just like. I mean, portobellos are everywhere. You can get portobello mushrooms in a lot of different places. But I literally bought a supplement called Lion's, Lion's Mane, the mushroom, and they're like in little caps. Cause he Is said it to it help like, you focus for your mental or? Um, well, he, he says it, it's been shown to like regrow like neurons and stuff. And oh, so okay. Utopia, that was the name of the show, Utopia. Thank you, Kate. <laughs> well, we need to hire her to do this full time. That's what I'm saying. Damn. I feel like if we, if we also add like, Put that mic, mic her up. Yeah, we can mic you up. Give you a little microphone. You have you have a face for radio for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I started. I literally take my lion's mane mushrooms now because it like helps your memory and focus, but it also just like helps regrow neurons in your brain. Um, he even this guy, I think he was given the lecture that I watched about showing the di different statistics on like psilocybin mushrooms and he gave his like perfect supplement stack it's like my lion's mane this much microdose of psilocybin but psilocybin isn't legal so you can't do it um but anyways the fact that he literally tells people portobellos are bad and he can't say any more than that because he fears for his life makes me think that the government just like they silence people in the UFO community is saying, shut the fuck up or we're going to fucking kill you. And I'm like, now I'm real skeptical about portobellos. What if portobello mushrooms are one of those things where the government realized that they keep people as sheep? It, it allows them to exert further control over you. And we don't even know because it's just 
kind of incorporated into our diet. It's like one of maybe several foods that the government knows this plant will make this person more susceptible to our control and influence. Whereas that's why they want us to stay away from psilocybin because psilocybin is the actual shit that religion religions Let you think yeah, exactly you know a lot of they hypothesize that the the book the the bible a lot of it is just an analogy to rituals about using psilocybin mushrooms and like psychedelics like the burning bush that caused moses to go into egypt and whatnot we even talked about this on scott walter he even said that all the psychedelics are baked into the different religions what if the government doesn't want us to take those for good reason, because it doesn't allow, it makes us outside of their control, right? It wakes us up. Yeah, I mean, that that would make sense, especially now. People are cramped in. Yeah. Just, I feel like they're more susceptible Yeah. than anything to just kind of do, do as they're told. When do you think this whole COVID thing will come to an end? <sighs> uh, I mean, honestly, personally, just whenever, like, people just... Just stop giving a fuck. Obviously, if you're at risk, I'm not playing COVID down, but I'm just saying, like, once people stop giving a fuck, like, I really, just, I, I'm just kind of living life. I, I still go to the gym. I, I do my own thing. And when I go to stores, if I don't have to wear a mask, I, I really don't wear a mask. Really? And people are going to hate me on that. Yeah, but it's like, bro, I'm not scared of it. If you're that scared, stay home. Stay yeah. at home, bro. Like, just get DoorDash, do something, yeah. right? But I, I don't know. For me, I'm kind of fed up with everything, and I'm just like, out there living yeah i feel like a lot of people are doing that too right and i i was like hey maybe we're making some fucking headway they put the fucking rims back on at the park and then they had to go and fuck it up about a week ago they oh took they took the off the rims they took them back down you know i thought Bro. we were making progress in this society get, get those little uh the ones for kids the little tyson <laughs> and just put it there yeah this fucking shoot some hoops dunk on some people yeah now, I know this has been the big talk of like the last seven days at least. And I, I heard a quote, I think it might have been on, on Brendan Schaub's fucking show, where he said, Jake Paul finally got out of Logan Paul's shadow for a whole six days. <laughs> and then Logan Paul had to take the spotlight again with the whole Floyd Mayweather. So who do you think is going to win between Logan Paul and Floyd May Mayweather and why? And we got a follow up from our Jake Paul conversation. I don't think we yeah. followed up about boxing since, and that yeah, clip kind of popped off. I thought we did. Nah, we didn't upload that podcast. Oh, okay. it sucks. <laughs> Logan Paul um, versus Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. Realistically, Floyd. Why do you I say think that? he's just—he's like the master at his craft. Even if it's by points, I feel like Floyd is just going to play this tactically, and he knows going in. I feel like they both know going in, it's going to be for the show. So they're going to put on a show. It's going to be entertaining. But at the end of the day, Floyd is going to get those points. Yeah. Some people are saying that Floyd, being the money man that he is, might bet on himself to lose. And then he'll go to dis go the distance with Logan Paul and let Logan Paul get a couple yeah. extra points on him. And that's why I say, like, I want to put money on Logan Paul, though. I I'm still thinking about just putting money on Logan Paul. Just Really? Yeah. Have you looked at the odds, like what you would win if you did? Mm-mm. But from what I've heard... Uh, the last I heard it was like 500 to one. I yeah. don't, I don't know the exact odds though. I mean, what do you think realistically happens if Logan Paul knocks Floyd Mayweather out? Like, if he just knocks catches him, out. him with what, the right shot at the right time. I mean, it's a fight, right? Dude, the world is going to stand still for like a couple seconds. You think our dimension dematerializes? Bro, what if that's end game? 
<laughs> so everything game. just stops the game the nintendo is unplugged yeah god just goes what the fuck and he just pulls like the, the fucking plug the out router the yeah. just the router fucking need to restart the wi-fi yeah dude i i just like I, I think people wouldn't know what to do i think their brain would just short just fizzle do you think out. dana white would be hella pissed what do you mean like he's already kind of mad that uh he thinks it's ridiculous that mayweather is fighting logan paul Dude, did you see fucking Jake Paul's fucking video the other day? Against against Conor McGregor? Yeah, and he also was calling Dana White a bitch. Yeah. Dude, that was insane. That was a really well-produced video, by the way. Like, I don't think people realize the just the videography that went into that video, the planning, because it looked like so off the cuff, but there was so much planning that went into that video and just like camera work that I'm like, oh shit. This is I respect this as just a yeah. piece of art. You know what I'm saying? But but what he was saying about Dana White was kind of true that he does understand. Dana does understand like the power of influencers. He has been hanging out with the Nelk boys. Yeah. So Jake Paul gets that point in my eyes. Like, I don't know. I mean, he had CM Punk come over and fight in the UFC. Why? Because he's a fucking WWE. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think he just doesn't like Jake Paul. I mean that's understandable. Yeah, <laughs> he. But Jake Paul plays up. Jake Paul is like trying to be Conor McGregor, but times ten. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like he's doing Conor McGregor's tactics to Conor McGregor. Yeah, I, I wonder what if what Conor's thinking is just probably like, who's this fucking guy? <laughs> <laughs> Conor's got fuck you money. He <clears throat> does. He doesn't give a fuck. Also, I mean, like, doesn't he have a fight coming up? Wouldn't it be stupid for him to take another fight if he already has a fight? Who's he fighting? I don't know. Kate, doesn't he have a fight coming up? Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, but if you think about it, 50, 50 million, right? That's, that's what they put like guaranteed. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Why would he not take the fight? But I mean, I mean, Jake Paul, he's got all the momentum in the world right now. He, he shocked the world when he knocks out a he's professional going, athlete. Dude, that's, that's crazy. Cause he said, uh, during the fight that that would be his big whale. Conor McGregor, and that's what he would think down the line. But he's just attacking it from the go, get go. Yeah. yeah. Dustin, Poyer. Dustin Poyer. I don't know who yeah. that is, but Conor. What, what what date are they fighting? 23rd. Of January. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know how soon Jake Paul's trying to fight Conor McGregor. It, it's probably going to be later, but at the end of the night next year. Or beginning. I feel like Conor would beat the fuck out of Jake personally, but Jake's also a lot bigger than Conor too, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of just, it blows my mind that, for example, people have been talking about YouTubers crossing over to mainstream for a long time. And maybe it happened when fucking Lily Singh gets a late night talk show. But the late night talk show is kind of ass. Let's be honest. It sucks. Right? But I'll be honest, the last two weeks, I've seen the Paul brothers off and on on ESPN on Sports Center, they're topics of conversation now, right? Mainstream sports outlets are talking about them. And guess what? Joe Rogan, I look at his, he gets, I get notifications for his clips or whatever, his podcast when they get uploaded. The la- They uploaded three clips from the last podcast he did with Andrew Schultz. I saw, uh, yeah, I saw Two those. of the three were about the Paul brothers. You know what I'm saying? The Paul brothers have literally crossed over to the mainstream and it blows my mind that they did it by becoming professional Vine fighters. Oh, I thought you meant I thought you were gonna say Vine stars. They went Vine to YouTube 
to pro sports now. Like uh, of all the avenues you could go, like that's who who's done it. Dude, they're living life, just doing everything, and I, they made diss tracks to rappers. Bro. I mean, yeah, they can, they can, they can rap. They can. It's every day, bro. Arguably sing. <laughs> uh, I mean, who thinks it's smart? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, who saw, I saw a video of Jake Paul. Literally, uh, he like he was throwing water balloons and shit at Dylan Dan. Oh, was it water balloons? I thought it was a uh, toilet paper. I don't know. He was throwing but something. It, they were throwing something. But I mean, like that guy's a fighter. Jake Paul's a boxer. They get in a street fight. Who's going to win? You know what Dude, I'm saying? Jake Paul won't make it to his next fight. For real. Um, but, I mean, I got to respect it. Like, what they're doing right now, just capitalizing on the momentum they have, that's inspiring. I'll be honest. That's inspiring. Um, but I think both of them are about to get their asses beat by these pro fighters. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, we'll see. Because at the same time, Connor. I mean, if Jake continues to kind of grow and further his career in boxing, it would be an interesting kind of fight if he does fight Connor down the line. Yeah. You know, in the realm of boxing. Mm. MMA, obviously, he's going to get his ass beat. But when it comes to boxing, it is a little bit more technical. Yeah. I wonder what it would be like to see Logan Paul or Jake Paul in the UFC ring. You know, that would be crazy to see. Logan Paul, they, no, they were both wrestlers, right? Yeah. Yeah, they both wrestled. From what I understand, Jake Paul wrestled, and I don't know if he was good or not because he dropped out of of high school early. Um, but Logan Paul, I know, was like a state wrestler in Ohio, which is apparently a big accomplishment. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. he can definitely wrestle, and he can definitely box, right? And uh, I don't know. It would be interesting to see. I don't know if that would it make sense for them, though. At this point, nothing makes sense. <laughs> like, 2020 has hit me with so much fucking hooks and uppercuts that I did not see coming. I would Nothing would surprise me after this year. Nothing. Literally nothing. You got AIDS. That wouldn't surprise you? I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I am a dating coach, but we'll just leave it at that. I am not going to get AIDS, though. Yo, real... Th what, are you th what does that look for? <laughs> uh, dude, have you ever heard those horror stories from like back in the nineties that apparently people used to like put a little needle on like a payphone and people would pick it up and get pricked by the needle and that needle would have AIDS on it? You ever hear those horror stories like that? I heard horror stories to where like they do it in like children's playgrounds. You know, they have like razors or whatever and AIDS. Yeah. Like what what type of person says, Hey, I have AIDS, let me go give it spread it around. I don't know. But I mean it's like I don't I don't know much about like what it's like to get AIDS, obviously, right? But I just assume maybe someone who does that is just in such a low moment that they're like, why the fuck not? I'm in misery, and misery loves company, and they want to bring other people in on their misery. Unless it was all employed by the government. The government, they put those there to <laughs> test or to test to see what the AIDS really did yeah. to people. Yo, I'm curious. I want to ask you about this. This is a different topic for our podcast, but you mentioned the other day that you found the top three taco joints in mm -hmm. all of Phoenix, and being that Phoenix is kind of like a valley top with a bunch two. of towns around towns around it, right? Personally, yeah. For anybody listening to this, I th I think they would like to know what are the top 
taco places here. <laughs> like, cause here's one thing that you can mention to anybody, and I don't think anybody would not be down for it. But it's like, yo, you feeling Ta tacos? <laughs> Honestly, the, everybody loves tacos. <laughs> yeah. So one of the first one is uh no, these two are in no specific order. I mean, I like both equally. Okay. But just tacos and more. That's like the name of it. They have like these weird like chile relleno tacos. Those are fucking bomb. And then there's also ah, what is it? Taqueria al fundador. I think that's what it was called. I, I can't remember, but that one was pretty bomb as well. They've been in business for, for a few years. Okay. And those two are my favorite. I'm still exploring. Are these like hole-in-the-wall taco joints? Uh, I don't know. The the other, the second one, Taqueria Al Fundador, I wouldn't say it's hole-in-the-wall. It's just family-owned. Okay, so it's not a chain. No, it's not. It's not. It's not the Albertos, Filbertos, none of that. Okay. Well, Filberto sucks. Let's be yeah. Real. I would rather eat Taco Bell over them any day. <laughs> and Taco Bell is not real tacos. Um, but I'm curious, what do you look for in a taco? What first off, what's the best out of the ones you just mentioned? The best place, and what do you look for in a taco? Um, hmm. from both, I would say just just tacos and more, just because of the flavor. It, it just reminds me of like home you know home cooked meals mm. uh as far as for best tacos i don't know man just something authentic make me feel like you know i'm just chilling in my living room my dad's out back doing the carne asada for some tacos okay it's it really just like the experience and the feeling for me personally. okay so when i say what do you look for in a taco and you say i want an authentic and it's all about feeling that's like telling a guy in dating yeah you just got to be confident the fuck does that mean? <laughs> you know um it's hard to explain i mean i'm no food critic but let me let me pull my food critic out uh, are, you a, are you a steak are you a chicken el pollo steak the i like steak you like steak yeah carne asada carne asada yeah but i don't like it like too well done okay i like it a little bit bloody okay you like yeah. it you like it sliced so it's like strips or you like it cubed up like at chipotle when it comes to tacos yeah uh honestly just cubed okay you make a your perfect taco. Is it corn tortilla, flour tortilla? Is it crispy on the outside, soft in the inside? Ooh, probably soft in the inside, and it would be uh, corn corn tortilla. Okay. Does it have cheese crusted on the outside or no? Ideally, yes, but to stay original, to stay true, no. Okay. So the perfect taco, you put guac, you put onions, you put peppers, you or you just put meat and cheese. What do you do? Oh, no, I put guac or just uh, chile verde. Chile rojo, just any type of salsa, you yeah. know, to, to mix it up in there and just put some lime over it to, to just like finish off that perfectly juicy sequence. So you want steak, green or red salsa, and then a pinch of lime and that's it. Yeah. So that's authentic right there. Yeah, I would say so. Okay. I like it. You keep it simple and it makes it easy to gauge, uh, like compare, like I like to go to, to restaurants and I'll just get the salmon every time because I like salmon. I think salmon's good. It's. You know, if you, it's kind of hard to mess up a salmon unless you overcook it and it's just like super chewy and dry, which people have done surprisingly. But if a place can cook a good salmon, I love it. I like to compare the salmons. Yeah. That's, that's honestly just like the baseline. Cause if you can't get that right, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. Kate handed me a note. I feel like Kate needs to be the producer of this show. She literally said, Dude, I'm saying like, just give her a mic. She said, talk about the Zodiac killers. Cypher finally was cracked after 51 years. I'm fascinated. That's a hell of a headline, Kate. 
I mean, what? Please educate us. <laughs> what did you hear about this? No. Do you know about the Zodiac Killer? I know of him. Yeah. Okay. You know, you what do you know about the Zodiac Killer? It's uh, he was essentially a really good serial killer in the San Francisco area. Okay. And he abducted. Was it? No. He, he killed like his first killing was like a couple on Fourth of July, right? And then um, he just like started toying with the police, leaving these these secret note notes for them to decipher. And apparently he was caught, but. And it never led anywhere. Mm-mm. Okay, so uh, what? What? How do we continue this conversation? Kate, I'm passing need, you the mic. Yeah, we need Kate. <laughs> okay, tell us what you know. Okay, what happened? Okay, Zodiac Killer cipher is solved after 51 years. You breaking news? You heard it here first. And apparently, uh, it was clues that it might have been a cop, right? In the the new, we can just hear your voice. In the new cracked like code, it doesn't um, insinuate to anyone who it is. Oh. So tell us, did they find it? Did they find who it was? No, they did not. So, um, hold on, I'm just trying to find. Oh, so it was more of like the messages that the Zodiac killer left. Yeah, so because there was one left that they were they've been having to track or been trying to like um, decipher. Yeah, decipher, because the Zodiac killer um, he was he was uh, of course a male suspect because people who did um, see him like they uh, they were able to do like a not a character drawing a police sketch. Could you put the camera over to Chris while you talk? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, and he, he's, he killed at least five people and attempted to kill at least two more in the Northern California area in 1968 and 1969. Uh, in the first three attacks, he targeted couples, and the first two, uh, the first two victims he murdered were high school students who were parked in a car on their first date. He then attacked, um, two other couples and managed to kill the woman, but the man survived. Then let's see. Then he started sending sending the letters to the cops, trying to like um, trying to just mess with them and toy with them. And then there was this TV show. I think it was like a TV show where the Zodiac killer supposedly called in, and he was like talking about uh, talking about how he wasn't or about how he was afraid and everything, something along the lines of that. And then after that, that. Zodiac Killer calling in, they then got another letter, which is what they've been trying to decipher. Decipher, yeah. So the original, so the last of crack or one that they were trying to crack, has been from November, uh, November two, nineteen sixty nine, and it was sent to the, um, it was a letter sent to the, the San Francisco Chronicle, and it included a brand new puzzle. And the cryptogram was known as the Z340, or simply the 340, because it came, contained 340 characters in it. 340 completely different characters in it. Um, ever since like that day, they've had both amateur and professional crypto uh, cryptographers like trying to work on it, and they will they specifically work with the FBI to work on this. And the final message that was finally sent was. I hope you are. I hope you are having lots of fun in trying to catch me. That wasn't me on TV, which uh, that in the on the TV show, which brings up a point about me. 
I am not afraid of the gas chamber because it will send me to the paradise all the sooner because I know I now have enough slaves to work for me where everyone else has nothing when they reach paradise. So they are afraid of death. I am not afraid because I know that my new life will be as easy and will be an easy one in paradise death. So he believed because uh, on the show, the Zodiac killer was talking. The Zodiac killer wasn't really him was talking about how he was afraid of the gas or afraid of the gas chamber, how he doesn't want to die and doesn't want to get caught. But then this letter finally shows like, no, he's he doesn't was not afraid of the gas chamber because he believes everyone that he killed is in hell waiting to serve him in hell. The fuck? Because mm-hmm, he would, um, they found this, this other, uh, like this other, I don't want to say religion, but belief that if you kill someone, they become your slave in your hell, in, in hell for you because they are living out their hell, which is having to serve you, their killer. That's crazy. So it's the ultimate form of dominance. Rather than just raping them in the ass, he killed them so they could serve him in hell. <laughs> Man, I mean, feel like, I feel like raping them in the ass would be a lot less effort. But how crazy is it that they've had FBI people and like government people working on this, okay? And three just regular people, a mathematician, a warehouse operator, and a software programmer worked on it and figured it out. Mm. They probably they probably stopped. Uh, they they honestly probably just stopped caring after so long. They're just like, oh, we give up. And then just people who are passionate about it were like, hey, yeah. let's work on this. To me, it feels like an unsatisfactory, unsatisfactory ending because it's like, yeah, you deciphered the letter, but the letter didn't say who it was. Like so, we still are kind of left where we started. Yeah. Like who? Who the fuck is the Zodiac killer? Who knows? It could be you. Could be Nikola Tesla. Did you hear about the Twitch ban that they're implementing? I believe no. it's Twitch. What happened? Yeah, Twitch and Twitter. I think. Uh, but essentially, they're they're getting rid of the words. Uh, they're banning the words "simp," "virgins," and "incel." Why? Because that's very hurtful to some people's feelings. Mm. And if you do if you use it in an abusive way, that's a big no no, and they 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 ban you. They could potentially ban you. So let me get you this straight: if you're on Twitch and you call someone a simp in like someone's live stream chat, you're banned. Uh potentially, yeah. It can. Damn. Yeah, because there was a there was a YouTuber that just got on there and he just, he just decided to test it, you know, to see how long it would take for him to get banned. Yeah. So he just made his uh, username incel simp. 69 and the then fuck? yeah when he it was funny because he was uh making a username and he put incel simp virgin 69 and it was like against the terms of service but once he took off virgin it was incel simp 69 that was that was okay and he started streaming and just started calling a bunch of people simps and incels and virgins it's like you're a fucking virgin you're incel you're simp and then just like you know obviously it, i don't know exactly how long it went on for but it went on, and then he finally got banned. He got the ban hammer, um, and it wasn't even because he was on stream calling people simp's. It was more because of his name. So, damn, damn. Well, I feel like this is good because now we're going to wait. Is this good? I don't even know if this is good. Is this good? 
It reminds me of speech. like it reminds me of George or- Orwell when they say like you know they start limiting what words you can use. Yeah. But in the sense, I feel like people are definitely gonna fight up, fight up against this. If it's not incel or simp, it's gonna be something else, you know. Yeah. So it's like really how much. I the only reason I say I feel like this is good is because I feel like I can actually understand that one. You know, whereas like some of the other things that people have been canceled for, I just feel like so cancel getting canceled is so common these days for saying stupid shit. Like when people are saying black lives matter, people are getting canceled for saying all lives matter. Come on now. Like you don't understand the cause. That's why bro. You don't understand. You don't understand the cause, (laughs) but calling someone an incel or a simp, I feel like is definitely a lot more hurtful, you know? Yeah. So I can understand that, but I also feel like it is kind of, Still taking away free speech. It's like the same extreme on the opposite end, you know. Yeah, just to protect the few. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I feel like definitely, uh, even though it can be hurtful, you, you know, maybe bullying is good in the sense where like you you do build that thick skin. Yeah, yeah. One thing that I realized this is completely sa- change of topic is I really want to go on a paranormal investigation. Have you ever been, had the desire dude, to do that? I've been itching to go somewhere. Like just watching, also watching. Uh, what's that? Those guys, TFIL. Yeah, T- yeah. They're crushing it lately. Yeah, I, I love what they're doing. It's just like they're just having fun and like just experiment. You know, yeah, experiencing. Well, the, I like what they're doing. Is they're going niche on the fucking what's working. Like that guy uploads a bunch of different types of videos. But let's be real, the ones that get the best views are his paranormal, paranormal views. So he's doing twenty five weeks of paranormal videos and man i mean i just respect it from the 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 traveling standpoint like during a worldwide pandemic you're going to travel to 25 different places do paranormal investigation at all of them and people are just in, I, like i i'm hooked every time one gets launched yeah 100 percent. i feel like it's it's just i don't know it's, it's fun to see like i don't know others experience it from a non-production TV standpoint, you know, mm. rather than the ghost hunters, you knowing that every, a lot of it is staged, you're just kind of like, eh, it kind of loses it. But to see some auth- something authentic, yeah, I think that's the exciting part because you're like, oh, maybe you know, maybe something could happen. One thing that I'm not quite sure of is like they do have some pretty crazy shit happen on a few of their videos, but a couple of them definitely came out as staged. You know, like he did one on the Queen Mary that he revealed was a massive prank at the end of like this five part video series. But like the first four parts, I'm like watching. I'm like, holy shit. I just heard a growl on camera. Like, what the fuck? You know, and now I'm like kind of skeptical if I can believe half the shit. I was showing Kate one of the clips like literally a couple weeks ago. They went to a lighthouse and they reacted to a video where they showed a shadow figure come on the video and like fly off real quick. And I'm like thinking to myself, okay, that's crazy if that's real, but this is the same channel that also faked the Queen Mary video. But I think you have to ago. add that because otherwise, what what's the video going to be? Just a bunch of guys talking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of quiet, just ex- waiting for something to happen. So do you believe those channels? Even if, like you even said it was authentic, authentic. but do you believe that half the, a lot of that stuff is, you know. Staged? Yeah, some of it. Yeah, but I, I do still think there is that like authentic, um, you know, kind of element to it. Yeah, but it, it's again, I think it's like very small, the, the part that is real. Yeah, because otherwise, like it would just be a lot of nothing. Mm. So, I, I mean, I understand it. Yeah, but. What? BuzzFeed Unsolved. 
They made a video about monoliths. They're a couple weeks late to the train. We were, we were already there. <laughs> yeah, they just released it today. But um, oh, wasn't like if if you could choose where you wanted to go to investigate, where would you want to go? I don't. I mean, I don't know any place, but uh, I would just say the one that comes to mind that's around here is just Sedona. See if that has any paranormal. You think it would? It has like vortex vortexes and yeah. stuff like that, right? So I'm sure. I'm sure they they do like ghost hunting or, or something out there. Mm, that'd be interesting. I know Clark was talking about how they did a UFO tour where you're guaranteed to see UFOs. There's a ghost hunting tour. Uh, I think I think it was in Sedona. Really? Yeah. So mm. I mean I don't really know what you'd see, and then even then, I, I would probably just the skeptic inside me would probably be like, hey. Yeah, they're just probably setting this up. What I'm not quite sure of is, you know, I sit here and I'll watch these paranormal investigations and I think, oh, that looks fun. And then I think about like some of the, the stuff that I've seen back in the day when I was a kid that really freaked me out that I still to this day can't explain. But then I wonder, would I be the guy who's kind of a pussy <laughs> in a real life? Like if I went and did a paranormal investigation, I don't know if I'd be willing to walk into that dark ass room and, and play I that fucking loud fucking Spirit I think box. the sound within itself is just kind of like, uh, you yeah. know, builds that tension. Because you can't hear if anything's around you. If it's coming up, you wouldn't know if someone was sneaking up behind you. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing there is just like, for me, it's just like, if you really experience something that crazy, wouldn't you be able to tell off the energy that they give, like with their videos, you know, type of deal? Like if you saw something insane, I don't think you'd be up, you know. Go get them, you know, all happy, like explaining and like, oh, you guess what just happened here at 3 a.m. You know, I was just brushing my teeth. And then that's when I hear this demonic voice. Yeah, I would be scarred. I'd be like, fuck. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, but what if have you ever done like a Ouija board or anything like that? Not, no. Have you ever done anything crazy like that? No. Yeah. What about either. you? I've I bought a Ouija board when I was. um uh, like a kid, I went on like this camping trip with the like glow this. in the dark ones. Oh yeah, I told you I bought it at the Mall of America. It was a glow in the dark one, and every time I used it, it didn't fucking work. Like I tried it by yourself. I did it once or twice by myself, but there were other people in the room, but they just didn't want to touch it. But I bought it because I wanted to see if it worked, and it it didn't move, you know. And uh, but one crazy thing did happen. There was I went to a Christian school, and it was like less than 10 people in each class, right? So there was not a lot of people in, in the classes or whatever. But so more of the story is that my fifth and sixth grade class was combined. Um, so I was in fifth grade. And then the girls in sixth grade, I remember two of them had a sleepover one weekend and they said they had a Ouija board and they were asking, you know, who had a crush on who? And it gave them a bunch of initials and they had a whole piece of paper and I was in fifth grade. They came to school on like a Monday morning with like this piece of paper with a bunch of initials paired up uh, with who had a crush on who. And they asked who I had a crush on and it had RLG, the initials. And there was only one girl who was in my class who had the initials RLG and I, I mean, I had never told anybody that I kind of had a crush on this girl when I was in fifth grade, but I mean, me and her were like hanging out every day and we clearly had like a little kindergarten crush on each other. So I don't know. I mean, that's pretty I mean that I, but I don't know if Ouija boards work. I didn't witness it, but the fact that it kind of called that shit, 
But it also could have been the subconscious of those girls, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, do you think just them seeing you two hang out, just like putting two, two, two and two together? I don't know. I don't know. I only realized that in retrospect when I was telling the story. But, but that, I mean, either way, imagine just like a demon just telling you who their crush is. Yeah. <laughs> I that's don't know. Like, that's, that's like such a fourth or fifth grade thing to do. But yeah, I mean, I've never personally seen the Ouija boards work. I personally am skeptical of them. I know that was like a big YouTube trend where all these YouTubers would do like the par- the Ouija board and the paranormal places. But um, they even the, or the YouTubers, the kid YouTubers that would just do the 3 a.m. You oh, know, yeah. doing the Bloody Mary at 3 a.m. Yeah. You know, and some crazy shit happens. Yeah, man. But I've always wanted to do one of those paranormal investigations. I've always wanted to go. What is it? Is it that one? Oh. oh, shit. We should go to the hotel, San Carlos. I know a few of the guys who came to my last boot camp in downtown stayed Phoenix there? stayed there. Mm. Did they experience any? Oh, you I mean... They probably didn't. didn't. Ask them. Yeah, I don't know, but I'd be curious to try it. Just go there and just go in the hallways. The most recent death was in 2004. What happened? A man jumped off the roof. Damn. Mm-hmm. Go on the roof and just use the box or the. Now they don't even use a box. It's just an app, and then they connect it to the their speaker. Oh yeah, I mean that's one thing that I do think is kind of crazy the way they do that. TFIL started doing this recently. They would wear noise canceling headphones, plug it into the spirit box, and then put a blindfold on. And then the other people in the room would ask a question, and then this person would just say what the spirit box, whatever, whatever they heard. They would just repeat it, and it was crazy because this person with the the blindfold on and the headphones on, just he's the only one listening in the spirit box. He can't hear the questions that are being asked, and he can't hear when they're asking questions, but. Some of these videos that they have, it seen it looks like they're having a conversation with a ghost, and it's like legitimately answering their questions. Did you see those? Mm-mm, not Dude. those. Yeah, I mean, if we ever go, we should first off, we should definitely plan a paranormal investigation and just fucking vlog it and put it on the podcast channel. <laughs> that would be fine. Uh, and we should definitely try that. We need to get a spear box though. Uh, I'm telling you, for the spear box, they just use a speaker, and uh, it looks like they just use their phone like an app. Mm. Frequencies. Mm. And yeah. then we need to sneak up on the roof. I mean, I'd be down. I'm not not down. The fuck, bro. Okay, if that, I would just. I don't know, man. That'd be that'd be crazy. I feel like I've gotten to the point in my life where I'm just like. I get mad if I get jump scared. So literally if a ghost popped out, I would probably just try to fight it. Like I'll be, I'm going to be real, bro. I would just imagine that vlog. Oh, I know how we could end the vlog. Just like the girl, right? She just starts crying. And then you're like holding the camera and you start running. And like, you know, how in those movies, they drop it. Yeah. And that's the last thing you see. And yeah. it just glitch effect. Dude, you ever see those fucking old school prank videos where people would be dressed like the girl from the ring on like an elevator and then people would walk on the elevator and the girl would just be standing there. Yeah. Um, I saw one of those prank videos where the person got on the elevator and as the elevator was going up, it went dark for a second. And then and they fighting. opened up a little hole in the wall and the girl crawled out real quick and then they closed up the hole. So the when the lights flickered, it looked like the person just appeared. And literally 
obviously most people are going to freak out one person. And this is like a child actor that they hired for this. One person just fucking roundhouse kicked it to the face. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's what I would do. Like in all these movies, it frustrates me. People just fucking laugh or not laugh. They run, which would probably be the smart thing to do. Or they just kind of like lay down and just like cower. I would like roundhouse kick the things in the face. Like get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I mean, but it makes sense to move the, the plot forward. They need to be kind of dumb. Mm. Otherwise, you know, the movie would probably last not as long. <laughs> <laughs> if everybody was just making the logical decision, the whole movie, it's like nobody gets killed. Exactly. It's like, this is the most boring horror movie ever. You, got, you, you need them dumb, <laughs> them dumb decisions. Yeah. It's like expectation versus reality. Like, dude, that Chris Watts. Did you watch that American murder documentary on Netflix? Mm-mm. I remember you telling me about it though. The dude who like, I mean, horrible crime killed his wife who was pregnant, and the the baby inside of her killed his two daughters, and then left them for dead, and then everything was caught on camera from the body cams to the cameras where they did the investigation. Man literally didn't make it more than a couple of hours before getting caught. Man literally got caught the next morning. The world's worst criminal. Yeah, <laughs> literally getting back from bare, like hiding the bodies. The cops are already there. You know what I'm saying? Terrible criminal, terrible crime. And I'm actually happy that he can't get put to death. Man has to live in that torture for the rest of his life and then experience that shit afterwards. His neighbor kicked on him real quick. He was like, no, no, no. He never acts like that. Yeah. I was like, I have a neighbor like that. Talk about expectation versus reality. Man's fucking, (laughs) he's the reality, the fucking dumbass criminal. He was expecting like three whole seasons of a Netflix series and it's just like one episode. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't even make it the fir- past the first five minutes of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Yeah. Like you said, expectation versus reality. By the way, Kate, I'm lo- really looking forward. When are you going to f- come on and tell us about the serial killer? She's really, obviously she's in murder cases and serial killers. What's the one case that you would talk about if you had to talk about one? Would it be Ted Bundy? She she literally knows the last meal of a bunch of famous serial killers. Ted Bundy. I feel like that one would get clicks. I mean, it's it's too it's too overdone. Overdone. Like, yeah. Netflix did two series on him. Amazon did one. There was a Zac Efron movie. It's too much. Too overdone. It is fascinating though. I I know very little about the Charles Manson ones. I think that yeah. one would fascinate me. New YouTube channel idea if it's not done already. What? Having the last meal with the serial killers. Just play a video of them being executed and having their last meal. And then you just have the last meal, the same last meal with them, and then just talk about random stuff. Kind of like a makeup. You start that channel. Kind of like a makeup (laughs) channel, you know? How they just do their makeup and they just start like talking about their day. Mm. They're just having the last meal. Hmm. Combine two worlds into one. Now you have your own little niche. Mm -hmm. Well, either way, I feel like I'm looking forward to that episode. Maybe one of these days we'll get it (laughs) going. Oh, yeah. Anyways, I got to piss. Let's get out of here. All right. Um, Well, I think... What do I have to what do I have to say about this week? I feel like this week is just kind of like one of those random weeks where we talked about a little bit of everything, but I'm looking forward to 
before in the next couple of weeks getting on a really famous UFO person in Phoenix as well, who is the leader of the Phoenix. She's the state director of the Phoenix Mutual UFO Network, which is like the big UFO network across the nation. And so she's coming on before the end of the month. That'll be fun. And uh, yeah, peace Stay out, guys. Stay tuned. Peace. Peace.